Mass time and potting together. Brian Tobin on the line. Mass time and friends forever. And talking it up for mass time. Luca's hot, he's in the zone. The rest of the team is ready to go. Mass time. Welcome to Mavs Time, the world's first and only Dallas Mavericks podcast. I am your host, Brian Gill, joined as always by the AC Green to my Sam Cassell. It's my co-host, Tobin <laughs> Hodges. Tobin, we made it, buddy. How you doing? Barely. I don't know. I'm not I'm not doing so hot, man. Like I don't think I've it's been ten years since eleven years since we won a series, so I don't really know how to handle myself. And I'm also exhausted and nervous about everything. So that was uh we we are recording this it is currently 12:06 a.m. uh the Mavs game ended about 25 minutes ago something like that um we were hanging out at your place i i ran home and we're going to record um this is i i know i am i am i am prone to saying this is going to be a short episode and then it's it's absolutely not a short episode this is a short episode we're tired we have work in the morning um and this game sucked, and so it's gonna be, it's gonna be, really is gonna be a short one. We're gonna talk a little bit. We're we're going for the most part. We're not even gonna talk about Utah as far as like what we'll save. What does Utah do for uh for next week's main feed episode? I think. Or, yeah, uh, more or than main likely. Episode. Um, and by then we might have some answers. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. But we're gonna talk about Game Six of Mavs Jazz at the Mavs won in a an exciting fashion, but anxiety inducing fashion, an obnoxious fashion in some ways. Um, and then we'll maybe spend a little bit on on Mavs Suns um, because it's gonna take. I mean, I need I need some time to think about the Suns before. I really know what to to do, and and thankfully the the Mavs probably do too, and thankfully they have uh, they have four days to do so because they took care of business tonight, um, and so did the Suns. So good, I I you know I guess good for them. I'm just gonna throw it to you. Give me your impressions of of the of Game Six of the evening that we just spent together. Um, it feels dirty that we closed the series out on that game for sure i you know it's just it's it's the same thing of we didn't we had no business winning games without luca mm. and we kind of had no business winning that game with a very poor showing from luca <laughs> and so uh but it's it's the tenacity of this team that we haven't seen in years that is rising above the the stink and uh there's a lot of things to be excited about this is like this is the first time since 2011 that we've gotten past the first round so i mean my, literally my oldest son was was a toddler the last time this happened and so that feels weird but like so maybe maybe i'm just, we're just not used to this and so um the jazz showed more fight tonight than i think we predicted when we talked about this yesterday uh, which is which was a little surprising, but mm. it's it's good to be done. It's good to have four days of rest before we go into the next round because if we're about to go through this all over again, and I'm not again, yeah. I'm not used to that. It's gonna be interesting. It was a really weird game um, for both teams. I 
as we were watching, it was like I kind of feel like that benefits the Mavs um, because you're holding you're holding Utah's offense down. But it just got to there was long stretches of this game where it felt like neither team could figure out how to play basketball. Um, and I don't, I don't really know what that was. It was, it's, it's kind of hard to identify. There weren't an, you know, like an overabundance of, of foul calls or, or anything like that. It was just, I mean, I, I really think it just came down to, uh, two teams just missing shots. Um, yeah. I like the shot profile that the Mavs created a lot better than the shot profile that the, the Jazz created, frankly, but, but both sides were, were missing shots to the point that like. I believe the Mavs were over ten from three in the first quarter. Yeah, and about—I mean, I'm not exaggerating. There were, were probably five of those that were in and just just rimmed out. Mavs missed a couple of three layups as well. Um, it just was a really—you you, know—you you said it, you're right. I'm not trying to take anything away from Utah. Utah did come out and fight. I also felt like the Mavs let them stick in it by just not making these shots. If if, if some sure. of those shots go down that are wide open looks and that have been going down for for most of this series, I don't know that you see the same level of fight that you end up ultimately getting from the Jazz. But I give them a lot of credit because then the second quarter, you know, the first quarter ends on a bad run for the Mavs and it goes from like it's 15-15 to the Mavs are down six after the first quarter. Um and then in the second quarter, it was just a freaking parade to the rim for Utah. And, and, and Dallas yeah. was doing nothing to cut off the drives, nothing to stop them once they got into the into the lane yeah. towards the rim. And, and that was, 20, 20, was 22 points. points. Yeah, okay. 22 points in the second quarter in the paint, which is yeah. just atrocious. I mean, it wasn't just Gobert either. It was every single player was getting there, so... No, I mean it was like it was like Conley got a bucket or two. Uh, Dinwiddie, I mean, excuse me, Mitchell got got several buckets. Royce O'Neal had two drives and scoops at the rim. Um, Bogdanovich, I mean, it was just it was ugly. It was ugly basketball, and then you mix that with the Mavs missing a missing shots and b just going into to ISO ball all three of the guards tonight in the first half, especially it's just ISO ball, ISO ball, ISO ball. It was really bad. Uh, also credit to Quinn Snyder. It's the first time that we've seen the kind of um, it wasn't quite a blitz, but they were showing two. Sometimes they were blitzing. Sometimes they were bringing the second defender really quickly, but they more more often it was kind of a late double, and it I mean it clearly messed with Luca. He couldn't figure out what what to do with it. Um, I don't know how long that would work, you know, because I think Luca has shown a propensity for. Here's the thing: you're trying. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna figure this out and and. Tonight they they did that a lot in the first half and then it kind of went away in the second half. Do you think? Are you surprised that we haven't gotten? A, I, I I don't want this to sound like making excuses for our guy because I'll just come out and say it. I thought for for twenty four nine and eight and a plus sixteen, I thought Luca was terrible tonight. Yeah, and and that 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 is a that's a, I think a pretty fair assessment. It also is a, is a testament to his talent and how good he is because. You should not be able to go twenty four nine and eight and a plus sixteen, and and us say, man, he sucked. I mean, it was it was really rough. Are you surprised we haven't gotten a tweet of like, uh, Luca woke up this morning with a neck stinger, and that's that was part of the issue because he looked glued to the floor in a lot of places. And I didn't think it was the calf. I thought it was something else was was going on. And then he he's out for the last four minutes of the of the the first half, and not on the bench either, and. It, I'm a little surprised that we we haven't found out something was going on because he he looked really rough tonight. 
Yeah, and the thing is with him is he he can have those games where he just doesn't fully get engaged, but that's typically been a regular season thing. It hasn't really shown itself in the playoffs except for when the Clippers kind of beat him up in the past couple of years. The If he wasn't wearing Kinesio tape on his neck and shoulder, I think we would still be asking the question, what in the world is going on? Because every time he got yeah. the ball, it was just kind of this slow ISO mm-hmm. and yeah. then and then instead of taking players off the dribble he would go inside slowly back it out kick it out it wasn't the typical attack mode that he kind of I mean he does that normally mm-hmm. where like he should attack and he doesn't attack but it, he typically mixes that up with times when he actually gets to the rim and tonight it just felt like mm-hmm. he was either waiting for a slip screen you know pass or he just took a step back and he just he looked like he was a like I don't it, this this is not what was happening but it was almost like he it was a flu game almost like he he didn't have mm-hmm. his full energy um, yeah. or something was like he had something bad to eat and just you know couldn't get himself going but I I have to wonder what's going on with his neck and yeah you're right I mean I'm looking at Twitter right now and I still don't see anything that shows because like I really do think something happened and they were told to keep quiet about it I really do think something happened. Yeah, it just it just was weird to see like I mean, cuz you're right, like some of the stuff that was happening is like that that is a thing that we've seen with Luca over the last few years. He gets obsessed with that with that hostage move where he yeah. like, you know, turns the corner and and Royce O'Neal or whoever is kind of on his back and instead of just like going forward and pushing the action, he stops and waits for the the defender to catch up to him and then kind of keeps him on his back and that's a really effective move, but I think he gets obsessed with it too frequently. I think there's times where you're just like, just turn the corner, dude, and go. Um, and a few other things that he that he he does kind of do, but it was it wasn't just that. It was it was the, I mean, on offense he looked rough, but like defensively he looked terrible. And I know Luka Doncic. It's not like I'm talking about you know Kawhi Leonard or something out there defensively, but it's it's usually, especially in big games. You know, he, he's going to pick a moment or two where he's going to be kind of flat-footed and lazy and get a rest. But for the most part, he's he's pretty actively engaged. He's got his arms up. He moves his body pretty well and at least makes you go through him or around him, something like that. But most of the game tonight was not that way. Most of the game tonight was, I mean, he was a turnstile. And I, some of that, again, I give, I give credit to Snyder because they were pulling him into to pick and roll over and over and over again. But he usually does a better job of it, of being a body in the way, and that was not the case tonight. And it wasn't just Donovan Mitchell. It wasn't just Jordan Clarkson. It was Mike Conley. It was Bogdanovich. It was Royce O'Neal. Anyone who could get in on him um, had a pretty easy path to to the basket for most of most of the game. And then even even like on the boards, he just he didn't look like he had the same level of attack and bounce on the board on the boards that that. Uh, that you expect from him, frankly. Um, so I didn't. I, I did not think that he was he was particularly good on it. Again, credit to Snyder for figuring out ways to mess with it and and get those things going. But but then we get into the third quarter, and that's when I felt like Kid kind of like okay, we're gonna push the envelope. So Luca, by the way, I don't know if you noticed this. He didn't come out the whole second half. Twenty four minutes yeah. in the second half. Um, well, she sat so much in the first half. Yeah, that, totally. That should have happened. Totally. So. Yeah, but you expect him. St- I kind of expected him still to get like two minutes at the start of the fourth, and and they didn't do it. They they stuck with it. Um, we have been waiting for 
kid to go to the full small man lineup, the 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 true five out offense um, for the for this whole series, and they 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 then occur a couple minutes here and there. And I know some of it is that Luca wasn't in for the first three games and and all that, but um, I think it was about three minutes into <laughs> about three minutes into the third quarter. Powell misses an alley oop dunk. It's the only attempt he has all night. You know, whatever it happens. And uh, and I, I we were you know we're sitting next to each other, and I was like, Spence is coming in. Usually Maxie is the first one to come in. Spence is coming in now. And we were saying, hey, is he coming for Luca? Is this more like he's injured or whatever? And instead, I was like, no, I think it's Powell. They pull Powell, never go back to him for the rest of the game. Um, and for for vast chunks of the third and fourth quarter, you get you get Dorian at the five, um, and Reggie Bullock on uh, on on Mitchell. And uh, and then they made the run. They made the run with that small man lineup, and it worked on both ends of the floor. Great defensive rotations. I, I just, I truly, <laughs> I I truly marvel at the way that kid has gotten this team, and and Sean Sweeney too, have gotten this team to buy in to the defensive scheme and the 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 switching and stuff. Because Tobin, that sucks. It's not easy to do that stuff. It's it's. But, they, but they've been doing this all year long. It is, yeah. Uh-huh. And and yeah. we have said before that you typically get, you know, burned on these things, but they're, they're accepting that, hey, if Hernan Gomez or Conley or and even Donovan Mitchell to a degree, if they burn you on a couple of threes, you'll live with that if you're taking the inside out and also charging at these guys and making them mm-hmm. think twice about. I mean, that's it was an ugly play, but that's – even down to the last defensive possession, that's what they were doing, you know. And so mm-hmm, it, it's mm-hmm. just that it's a, it's like one of those you live by it, you die by it type things. And and they they do it very well to the point where this is the first game that and I said this when we were watching. This is the first game that Donovan Mitchell kind of countered that by doing his best John Morant impression and just diving into the lane. And so mm-hmm, yeah. um, that definitely helps, like in the sense of make them take the high percent or the low percentage shots to beat you. Mm -hmm. And and especially a team like that, that's not hitting shots. That's how you can make your run. Um, That was one of the reasons why I wasn't really too nervous at the half, because even, even though we lost game four in game four, we went down at half like that. And we uh, like within two minutes erased it and made it a new game. And that's kind of what we did tonight too, except this time we held on to it. We tried free throws, tried to give it away with free throws again. Um, But I'm I'm looking right now. Tim McMahon is the only thing that's uh, reported anything. He reported that apparently Kid said Bullock was sick as a dog. So like they're not, yeah, yeah, they're not saying anything about Luca yet. Um, You know, now you have four days to get healthy and game plan, and you know, Mm -hmm. get ready for the storm that we're heading into. So I, it's just the defensive scheme that they've shown this year. I think is the biggest shift and change in this team that. I love and like it's something that we just we haven't seen. I mean, maybe ever like <laughs> here. I mean, I I, I just got to be honest. Like I I wasn't. I mean, we both neither of us were were happy with the kid hire. I felt like best case scenario, um, the vibes change a little bit because they all clearly just super hated Rick Carlisle, and so things will get better just based on that. But that the X's and O's were going to be bad. And 
the beginning of the season, when you see that defensive scheme, I could see what they're trying to do. I mean, I'm not a, a basketball mind like like Zach Lowe or or Nikias Duncan or somebody like that, but like you could see what they're trying to do. And I just my my thought on that was like, I feel like you're probably asking too much of these guys because this is not yeah. Can a, they keep this, it up all year? Yeah. basically, yeah, yeah. I mean, besides Dorian um, and Reggie, I mean, I mean, who? There's not anybody here who who really brings much to the table defensively. And um, but 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 we were wrong. We were wrong. They, he got buy in, and I love the rotation. Tonight was just a was a great rotations night in the second half, especially when you go small. And you've got Donovan Mitchell and, and Jordan Clarkson just constantly coming down the, the, the paint trying to get at you. They did <coughs> such a magnificent job of rotating over, putting a body between the driver and the rim, and, and trying to make them second guess and force the ball outside to somebody else. And um, the more you can make Donovan Mitchell pass, the better you're going to be. Let's be real about that. And, uh, and, and he's not alone in that. He's not alone in that. There's, there's a lot of... Of uh, of really talented guards in this league that that aren't quality playmakers aren't nearly as quality playmakers as they are scorers. And, and the best and, thing and about that defense too is you can do this all that, that they've kept it up all season. But tonight's a perfect example of the offense is just not doing what you need it to do, and you're still hitting big shots, you're still getting shots, but the defense is theoretically what keeps you in the game whereas yeah. again in the past in Mavs land like it's if if Dirk is having an off night or Finley or Terry were having an off night it's like well you know we're screwed because we don't we can't stop people you know and so yeah. it's weird being on this side of the the coin but that's also why I think this team is better than you know we said it we've been saying it for a while this team is better than people are giving them credit for and it seems like finally people are kind of waking up a little bit because the way they play defense, the people they, they put on this team to play defense, they, mm -hmm. they are junkyard dogs that can win you games. And, and, and we saw that in games one and two, I mean, sorry, in yeah. games two and three, especially, and even a lot tonight as well. Yeah. Bullock was great tonight on Mitchell. Uh, Dorian, it's, it's well chronicled. We're the biggest Dorian fans in the world. And we'll talk in, in one minute. I want to talk about Dorian more. Um, Dorian's done a fantastic job on Mitchell through the course of this this series. Tonight, I think one of the reasons they've been this is not a unique thought. One of the reasons the reasons they've been resistant to going to the small lineup is that it it pulls Dorian away from Mitchell and um, Bullock. For all of his defensive prowess, hasn't been as good against Donovan as as you might like, given how he's been against some of the other really really good guards in the league. And he played great. He played great in the second half against against Mitchell. He gets skinny yeah. on screens too, and recovers so well. He did a he just truly. I I I thought he was incredible tonight uh, defensively in in that second half. Um, but also, I mean, we hit shots. I think uh, on the the way over, Falwell was on the the post game on here on on the radio, and I think he said they were. Fifty six percent from three in the in the second half after well, they were eight for twelve in the third quarter. Yeah, so, which is I mean yeah. crazy. I mean, look they we finished they finished seventeen for forty three after going zero for ten in the first half. So you know seventeen of thirty three is pretty dang good. Um, and again, it kind of goes to the first quarter. I felt like we're okay. 
Like we're just missing the shots. threes we were missing were yeah. rimming out. I mean, we, there was like four yeah. or three, four or five that yeah. rimmed right in and out. So yeah, good looks that were rimming out. Second quarter is where I started to feel like I'm nervous now because I think we've let them feel like they're in this and and Luca's not playing like Luca. I don't know. Fourth quarter is where the the issues come in because um it, it it's just funny i mean again last week on or the, the last episode we did on maps time i i talked about just how stupid sports are and it's the, it's the same thing tonight it's like we won this game the mavs are advancing in the playoffs for the first time since 2011 and i felt gross i felt awful about it i was i was angry um because the last 4 or 5 minutes of the game were terrible just were really bad basketball and um i don't know I don't know who all to put that on, and and if some of those shots go in, then it doesn't matter. But Luca's stubbornness tonight was a pro- it was a problem. Let's be real, it was a problem. Um, they'd spent no time hunting uh, Mitchell or Conley or Clarkson or or whatever guards Utah wanted to put out there, and instead spent way too much time going directly at Gobert. And I don't have a problem with that. Like go at Gobert, that's totally fine. Do it sometimes when you're Luca Doncic. But you can't do every possession goes down to the last second on the shot clock and results in either a step back three for Luca or hoping that he has enough time to flip it to, you know, player X for for an outside shot. It was the game was right there to take. And they just didn't do it. And it wasn't the the plus side of this is we've seen plenty of teams over the years, Tobin, where um it's they lose or they barely win in the moment because the moment's too big for them. It's not that. That was yeah. not the thing. So that's the plus side that I would say on this. It was it, to me, it just fully came down to the stubbornness of a of a twenty three year old wonderkin who um really needed to say, actually, I'm gonna mix it up. We're gonna drive. I'm gonna flip this over to. Br- I'm gonna pull the guy over this way and we're going to flip it over to Brunson and let him go to work or just, just, just send Dorian to the corner and take Rudy over there and, and try that and, and push the, push the tempo a little bit. You know, when I told our buddy Richard was like, it's totally fine to me. If those possessions, if the last eight seconds of those possessions result in screen, Get the switch. Luca matched up against Gobert. That's fine. That's fine. I'll live with it. It's the first 16 seconds where there's there just was no attempt to test the defense and 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 touch the paint, you know, and just like see if something else comes up. If if you spend 16 seconds kind of probing and and trying to find something and it doesn't work, then let's absolutely flip the ball to Luca. Get the screen, get him matched up on Gobert, and see what happens. And if it results in a in a step back three, cool, that's fine. I'll, I'll live with that. But when you when you spend the first sixteen seconds just kind of dribbling around aimlessly, um, or flip it to Brunson, then immediately get it right back, and you know it 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 was frustrating. They they helped us out by running a zone at one point with the match just completely picked apart. Um, but once they those last four minutes, it's just like I hope I pray. <laughs> that they're watching tape tomorrow saying, all right, man, if we get in this situation again, you can't do this. We got to, we got to find ways to create some offense. That's not just, I get my guy. I take a step back three. There's, there's more that we can do. There's more that you can do. There's more that you personally can do 
um, assuming you're healthy, you know. So. Yeah, and the only benefit to running the clock down that much is that you get you take away possessions in the in the long game from the team. But yeah. as we saw tonight, they still had a shot to win the game, oh and it should it should have went down. I mean, for being honest, that that shot, you I mean, like he was too open. That's the only reason that I think yeah. that shot didn't go down because he just had too much time to think about it. So that I that's when that's I, the when bad part about sleep, taking the clock down like that. Yeah. Yeah, when I can't sleep tonight, I'm going to be it's like going to be replaying over my brain two things. Late foul calls. My gosh, the Jazz. <laughs> it wasn't like a horribly officiated game or anything like that, but but <laughs> I mean, it just was like four probably four times in the second half that I don't think were fouls, frankly. I don't think you could you you could honestly say, yeah, that was actually about, but even if they were, it's like dribble drive, shot goes up, shot misses, Mavericks get rebound, whistle. I, I just, that kills me, but I'm, I'm going to be hearing those late whistles in my dreams, but also watching that last play, which was a, just a baller play drawn up by, by Quinn Snyder. Um, and seeing, you know, knowing we, you and I were on opposite sides of the room pacing because we, we're idiots and we can't sit down and just enjoy a sports game. We have to be pacing. I brought my little mini basketball over to your house because I can't I just can't sit still. And <laughs> but I'm sure I, I would assume you saw the same thing I did when Bogdanovich. I mean, it was a great again, great play design. They run a screen towards the ball, and then they run a screen away from the ball. And as Bogdanovich is clearing that screen, I, I about had a panic attack. I was just like, "No, he's he's going to be so open." And I think we got a little lucky. Oh, we got a lot lucky. No, 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 we got lucky twice. I think number one, we got lucky that he missed the shot. By the way, that shot looked good to me. Um, from my where I was sitting. Followell said uh, on the drive home, he said from their angle in the arena, he knew as soon as they let it go that it wasn't in, that it was that it wasn't online. Um, so he benefited because I had another second and a half of heart attack before um, before we saw that. But but I also think we got lucky that the Bogdanovich was so open when he turned that corner. If he would have just if he would have realized how open he was. I know the play design was designed to get him a three at the wing. If he would have realized how open he was, he sh- he would have just cut right down the lane and gotten a dunk. And we're we're talking three seconds to get a bucket or overtime. You know, um, he was he was so wide open. Great play design. Another not great closeout by Dinwiddie, but I don't know. Maybe it ultimately worked out because he did make him think about it, do the the little dribble and all that sort of stuff. Um, always. When you're in that situation, kids, pretty unless you're like Steph Curry, level shooter, always take a dribble and and move just a little bit on that thing. Like when you catch, you pump fake, and then you just stand still while the guy sails past you, and then you shoot the ball. It's it's not a good idea. Do a little dribble, sidestep, take your shot. He had time. Um, yeah, I mean, he shot the ball with two seconds to go on the clock. I mean, it's yeah, he yeah. had plenty of time. Yeah, always do the little sidestep if you can because it it. It usually is standing flat footed like that is not a good way to shoot the ball. Just a heads up to kids. Um, it, okay, it's over. We we, we yeah. win. Let's move we on. Won the game. <laughs> a little bit of a monkey off the back, I think. Um, oh, for, definitely. Yeah. For the for the franchise and for Luca too. Um, I expect better of him. 
Um, and but but I, I, the one, the positive that I'll take out of this, and then let's talk about the next series for two minutes. Um, the positive I'll take is that they won two games without Luca and another game where Luca did not play well. Again, despite plus sixteen, it's wild to be. Uh, he's he's incredible. It's just he's incredible to to be that good and and still we say not very good tonight um they won some games dinwiddie was awesome tonight and i was talking crap to him because the first couple of shots i was like this is this is just more of the same dude like you have no clue what's a good shot what is not a good shot you're a dinwiddie guy uh (laughs) so we were having a good natured back and forth with each other um he fun he showed up tonight 19 points he played well with the exception of a couple early shots, for the most part, he played well within himself. He rotated pretty well on defense. He's never going to be like a Reggie Bullock on defense, but he he did his job defensively. Um, and I was, I mean, it was like finally because we've had five pretty bad games, and to to get that from him tonight, um, you know, we can talk, we can say like Game Four is an example, Tobin, of like uh, the Jazz won that game because Jordan Clarkson showed up and Spencer Dinwiddie did not. Yeah. And tonight it was the the complete inverse of that. We win that game because because Spencer Dinwiddie was the guy that we had been hoping for 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 the first five games of the series. Yeah, totally. And the best part about all of that is we really it's it has to say something about the team and give them some confidence that everybody was writing us off the second Luca went down, and then they ended up winning two games without him. Won a game where he wasn't as super effective. Almost won a game whenever he was still clearly hurt, and just yeah. destroyed them whenever everything seemed to click. So if they can get that game five energy going mm-hmm. into the yeah. semis, they have to feel pretty good about their chances. And and they have to. And and this is you know we we talked about on our main feed that the the Grizzlies are very much a a, a vibes team. I think mm-hmm. we are the slightly less obvious version of that where if if we have good vibes we play very well off of that and very well off of each other you know mm. and i think that's what we have to t- we have to tap into that before we yeah. start game one so dorian was great tonight this is the last thing i say in game six i i love i love dorian finney smith and i have been i i have loved dorian finney smith since day one and there was the moment there's always there's been a moment several times over the last few seasons where some Mavs fans have kind of I don't want to say turned against him but like have have I at the very least would say you have severely underrated what that guy brings to the table and and the value of an actual three and D guy and tonight you know he missed a couple of shots early like everybody did one or two, one of them at least was like man that's in and it just popped out they had him all over the floor tonight he guarded I mean really think about the fact that that guy guarded Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert tonight um, and came out looking good on the other side. He's a plus eight tonight. Plus minus is not the end of the world, but 18 points, 10 boards, four threes. And the thing is, like, what I love about Dorian Finney-Smith, besides the de- the defense and moving all over the court like that, is that there are, t- there are definitely times with everybody on this team, including Luka, where I'm like, I don't know if he has it tonight on the three, and that's gonna that's gonna cause us cause us issues. When Dorian is the one that catches the ball at the top of the key or in the corner or whatever, and there's two seconds on the shot clock, it doesn't matter if he's 0 for eight. I feel confident that that shot is going in. He just he has a knack. He has balls. He has a knack for the big moment, 
and you don't, you know, you don't see that kind of thing. You don't expect that from a guy like him. You know, you say something like he has, a, he has, a, he he understands the moment for somebody like like Chris Paul or Luka Doncic or you know whoever else. But you don't usually say that about a three and D kind of guy like that. And he does. He absolutely has that. He's just like, yeah, that's fine. I'm here. I do not. I have no fear of 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 any moment. And I love him so much for it. He was, I mean, he was magnificent tonight. Um, yeah, totally. Gonna need more from from him um, moving forward from everybody. What's I need? Like I said at the outset, I need time to kind of. Uh, Phoenix won the series three zero. Two of those games were it was a back to back without Luca when he was out for COVID. Um, Mavs were in all three games, lost all three games. The way that Phoenix wins those games, you know, I, I mean, we're up eight. I think the third one when when Luca did play was like I believe we were up eight going into the fourth quarter and I was like that's not enough you got to be up twelve got to be up twelve to have a chance of of winning and and sure enough that's what happened uh, Chris Paul was like <sighs> incredible tonight fourteen of fourteen I think from the field which is just bonkers also got a should have been ejection that did yeah, not yeah I need so I need the fun. choking Chris Paul to show up now yeah. and not in yeah. the conference finals or yeah, the NBA cool. finals so it'd be cool. Um, Phoenix, look, Phoenix was the best team in the league. Uh, we said when we when we started, look, we were dying to get the three seed because Phoenix is the team that we are the we match up the worst with, and and the reasons for that are Mikael Bridges. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, let's start there. Mikael Bridges is the best Luka defender in the league. Um, look, he was like second in defensive player of the year, so he's the best defender for a lot of guys in the league. But Luka specifically. His length bothers Luca in a way that very few players in the league mess mess with Luca. There have been numerous times over over the last couple of seasons where Luca, I'm reminiscent of like like I'll I'll bring us. There's a there was a game in the bubble. I don't know if you remember this because I think it was like the second game of the bubble for us where we were playing Phoenix. I believe we had the lead with or or it was a tie game or something with just a few seconds left. Luca drives. He made an incredible play, incredible move to get open right at the rim. And he he kind of froze. He froze and ends up kicking it out. We missed a shot. All this way. He had a layup. He froze and, and kicked it because he's so used to this dude blocks everything. This dude is always here messing with my shot, doing all this stuff. And and that has always kind of stuck in my head. And anytime the the Suns play the, the Mavs play the Suns, I I see that the way that that Mikael Bridges is linked and and just overall awesomeness um, messes with them. They're gonna have to pick on CP and and which is hard. I, I mean, he's always been a great defender, but um, they're gonna have to bring him into a lot of actions. It's gonna yeah. require big stuff from from Jalen Brunson, which I think he's very capable of. Obviously, we've seen that, but. The Suns are a different animal than the Jazz are. That's that's the thing. That's the issue. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, if Booker is healthy, that's going to be scary as well. But there's a reason they're the number one seed in the conference. Mm-hmm. So yeah. now that's again that goes back to you got to figure out a way to tap into game game five vibes. If yeah. you do what you did in game five, we can beat them, and it and it can be done. But you can't come in there and have off games against that defense because they're going to shut you down. So, yeah, there are a lot of similarities between the two teams. I, um, you know, I believe they were tied this year for comeback wins. 
Um, I think they had 17 each, Mavs and Suns did, when they were down by double digits. There's a lot of similarities between the ways Chris Paul manages the game and Luka Doncic manages the game. And um, I do think that we... I do think that that the 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 weaknesses that the Suns exploit are not really issues for this team for the most part, but I think it's I think it's the flip flop of that as well. I think yeah. I think we their weakness their their strengths and weaknesses don't don't really <laughs> match with what we we typically are looking for either. Um, and so you know that that's gonna be that's gonna be tough. Um, I'm interested to see what the, what kid comes up with strategy wise of how to how to deal with Chris Paul and Devin Booker and and uh, and and try to force. I mean, they're going to try to force Jay Crowder to dribble the ball. Um, they're going to try to force the Suns to take corner threes instead of wing threes. Um, and you know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But but like I said, I I'm looking at it as the Mavs did what they needed to do. They got a series win. It's it's not a foregone. This is not a foregone conclusion at all. And I think, uh, you know, we were talking at your house uh, that. Do you feel like the Suns are a little more vulnerable now than you did coming into the season, or excuse me, into the playoffs, seeing what New Orleans did with them in this series? I mean, absolutely. That yeah, definitely. And it's just like any other playoff series, you have the ability to scout a team even more in depth than you do in the regular season. On top of the fact that I don't think. CP is 100% even though he's been amazing and now Booker is not 100% and like you don't right. just get over hamstring injuries just like Luca's not going to get over a castrain so I like, think we have our things too so yeah. anything can happen you know and maybe the NBA will have Scott Foster ref four <laughs> yeah. of the games good and chance we, Scott Foster yeah. is, is game one ref yeah. and so then we have then we have four <laughs> wins right there so yeah it'd yeah. be nice Maybe the one um, time in my basketball life that I'm asking for a Scott Foster <laughs> game. So, <laughs> yes, I'm interested to see what happens. I, yeah, we'll we'll see. You got to figure out something. This is a better. This is a better uh, a matchup for for Powell, even though Aiden Absolutely. is very very good. It's just it. They're going to be able to play their five, their starting five, a little bit more, and that will help. I I, I would love to see. They're going to be able to get in the paint a little bit easier, obviously, I think, now. I would love to see Nilakina get a little run in this series. I think he could be kind of important. I don't – Josh Green is going to have a hard time in this series. I think think if you put Josh Green on the floor, he is going to immediately get a foul. Like, CP will just like, cool, all right, you got a foul. Uh, I'm shooting free throws. But here's the thing. I'm okay with not playing Josh Green in this series. Like, that's that's the thing. You just let him give you what he needs to give you. Yeah. You know, and I just don't think that that's if that's not in this series, it's not in the series. Yeah. So I'd love to. I'd, I might like to see a little Nilakina, but we'll, we'll we'll see. The the they got to figure out some way to. You're not going to get it all the time, and maybe not. You're not going to get it most of the time, but sometimes you got to do something against CP when he gets that. Um, you know, when he goes across the paint to get to the elbow and get that little jumper. You've got to do something to, to force that ball out of his hands a few times at least, a few times a game, and not let him get that bucket over and over. So, I don't know. We'll see. What's your prediction for the series? Gosh, that's too soon for that. Um, I think this goes seven, and I, it's probably going to be Suns. I think I think Suns six or seven is what I would stick to, um, but I, I would not be surprised if it's Mavs in six or seven. 
I'll say Suns in six. I I would like to have more faith in this, and I you know, hey, we got the best player on the floor. That's cool. That'll be that'll be helpful. Um, but they might they probably have the second, third, and fourth best player <laughs> on the floor. You know, so it's it's I don't know. I'm probably underrating Brunson a little bit there. I I don't like the matchup for the Mavs. Um, but I feel better about it having seen this series and then the Sun series against New Orleans than I did at the outset of the playoffs. Yeah. So at least that. At least there's a little confidence. And I'm I'm really trying to take the tact of they did the Mavs have done what they, they needed to do this offseason or excuse me, this postseason and anything else that they're able to put together, um, I'll be I think hopefully I can be I can be happy with. And them. maybe that also takes some of the pressure off of them to come in there and just Yeah play totally. without any any yeah. worries I, I definitely think there could be something to that um and and we'll we'll see i look the the mavs are a little bit like the suns and maybe a lot like the suns there's a they have a, a you know they have a completely different top line player um but but they there's there's a lot of similarities between these two teams and so it wouldn't surprise me to see some of these games turn into, I mean, you're going to have pretty slow pace kind of games, obviously, but um, the kind of games where you're matching good bucket for good bucket and, and one team wins by four each, each game or something like that. Um, it could be a really good series, but I just, I think the Suns pedigree is pretty high at this point. And uh, so I'll take Suns and six. We'll be back. Um, we'll maybe record after game one. Um, if not, then we'll probably game two of this series is is on Wednesday, which is usually our recording day. We may move things around a little bit, um, either record earlier that day. And yeah, there's no way we can record day. during the game. So, <laughs> yeah, we don't want that. I, I don't want to get fired. Um, yeah, we'll but we'll we'll uh, we'll see where, where it comes at, at, for today. I'm happy we got the series. I'm happy to kind of get that monkey off the back. I'm, I'm happy to see this team win a game, a couple of games without Luca really at like peak performance. And, um, and we'll see, we'll see what we can do from here. So thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Uh, tell your friends, bring your basketball buddies around and leave us the five-star rating, five-star review on Apple podcast, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be back next week with a, uh, with the main episode talking about all the things that have happened in the NBA, including maybe a little dissection on what comes next for the Utah jazz. And until then, shut it down. It's a wrap, Doug. That is a wrap.